Today's episode of Civilized Barking is brought to you by Game Time. Okay, folks, a little pop quiz. Do you think Browns tickets are cheaper three weeks before the game or three hours before the game? You can find that answer with Game Time, the ticket buying app that proves patience is more than just a virtue. It can save you some serious cash. Game Time is the leader in last minute tickets. Pick your deal, see the view from where you'd be sitting, and buy in two taps. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the Game Time app, and they've discovered the fastest, easiest way to get in the game. So download Game Time in the App Store or at Google Play, work that clock to your advantage, and score last minute tickets. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson, Jason Lloyd, and Tom Reed. Well, we're in Levi's Stadium. We showed up. The Browns did not. It was bloody. It was thorough. It was 31-3. Zach Jackson, Jason Lloyd, and Tom Reed in the Levi's Stadium press box about an hour, maybe a little more, uh, after the game. That started at 5.15 local time and was over by 5.26 local time. Um, we're going to power through 20 or so minutes, Jason, but what the hell do you say? <laughs> wow. Uh, looked completely unprepared on both sides of the ball. This defense was gashed like we haven't seen it gashed. I mean, yeah, I guess the opener, but I thought they did a fantastic job the last two weeks given all the injuries tonight they were destroyed the offense couldn't find a rhythm Baker couldn't stay upright uh you know Freddie said they outplayed us on every facet of the game and I think that's clearly the case Tom the first play 83 untouched they ran for 275 Baker threw for 100 (laughs) it's uh again just a an absolute comprehensive defeat and for as much expectation as this young team has uh, is under this year, that is two lopsided losses, games that were over in the third quarter. Tonight the game was over, really, in the second half. And the first game of the season, the uh, game was over in the fourth quarter, early in the fourth quarter. So uh, for as much uh, potential as this group has, they are still learning how to win games, and it's a young uh, very inconsistent team. One first down in the second half is downright embarrassing. This is the NFL. Yeah. You're supposed to play all 60 minutes. The body language sucked. The coaching sucked. The play sucked. Um, just just flat out embarrassing through and through. Well, you know, Tom mentioned the second lopsided score. If Robbie Gould can make a field goal of all those ones that he missed, the Browns would be the only team, according to my quick research, outside Miami to lose two games this year by 30 or more points. You don't want to be involved in any conversation with the Dolphins this well, year. Well, I know that's right without calling Elias because this is the NFL. That, yeah. that doesn't happen. Um, this was a 52-3 to game dressed up as a 31-3 to game. That's true. Um, no doubt about it. And yet, at the same time, I can't overstate the play at the goal line. It, it, number one, it looked like they broke the Browns to me. That, that broke them. It was a 14-point swing, just like the Titans, the, the long screen pass against the Titans broke this team. Tonight, it was the interception at the goal line. They have to be mentally tougher than that, number one. It's still the first half. But number two, what a critical play that was because it just sapped any momentum that they had. It, it was 14-3, to and they felt like, okay, they go down and score here. It's a game. And instead, it's, it's six the other way, and it, it really ended the night. Tommy, of course, he's talking about late in the first half, the – Slant to Callaway, third and goal, 
Um, you start first and goal with a nine. Callaway jumps. You go back to the 14. Third and goal from the six. He's open. Well-designed play. Finally some creativity. Finally some red zone offense. Uh, ball off his hands up in the air. K1 Williams running the other way. And the Browns never responded. No, and, and, and let's uh, two points. One, for some fans out there that don't, this was his first game back from a suspend, drug suspension, or some, a suspension, correct? Mm-hmm. It was a, yeah, four, it was a drug misses, four games. Um, and in, in talking with Jarvis Landry, he was the primary guy. And I mean, he couldn't hardly throw the ball any better than that. Uh, I, I do think one of the things that's interesting, and we'll probably knock this around a little bit, but he was being asked to play a different position. He's a, a, a normally a wide-out guy that plays outside. This was the first week he was he, – at least what he told us, Jason, that he played this position inside. Now, again, you would think he would catch that ball. It was, it was right there, but it certainly – it changed the game around. And this is a team that is going to have to learn to manage momentum swings. And we saw it when you mentioned the Derrick Henry play a couple weeks ago. They are not have not been very good at that, and they, that just killed them. They, the game was over, essentially over at the end of the first half. Well, here's the thing I don't get with the Callaway play, and and I asked him after the group left. I said, "Did the new position have anything to do with the interception of the goal line?" He said, "No, that's no, just that's, that's just a football play. That's a football play." Right. But I don't understand. And he said he had a week to learn a new position. That you know he was the X. He went to the Z. He had to learn all new routes and everything. My question is, okay, if this was a move predicated by Odell Beckham's arrival why wasn't he in training camp in the preseason learning this new spot why did they wait until now to cram all this information on him and then run him out on the field six days later well it's desperation because they don't have Higgins fair but they've made it this far without him right but but they want they don't want him to play that spot they thought he could do it um the bigger picture is they can't trust Antonio Callaway, and he's proven that to them since the day he got here, and they put him in this spot tonight. He still should catch the ball. And Baker missed some throws tonight, but you intentionally throw that low at the goal line. That's the nature of football. Sure. The play has to be made. If the Browns are going to play Antonio Callaway, he has to be ready to play. And, and if they change his position, and as somebody that watches damn near every snap of training camp and certainly every snap in the preseason, he did not play in the slot, with maybe few, few exceptions, not having the charts in front of me. But that play has to be made. And the Browns have to be more prepared than that. If you can't do it, then you have to play somebody that did. Damian Rowley's been playing that spot. Yep. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Outcoached in, in every way. And we hate to reference the Tennessee game. That's way, way in the past. But here's the thing. We leave Baltimore a week ago thinking that game's in the past, right? It's, it happens in the NFL. Everybody that paraded this team as 11-5 and 5 and 12-4 and 4 forgot that, right? But now, all of a sudden, it's all back in your face. Your yep. quarterback has happy feet. Your offensive line got buried. The team laid down and got run over. There are not supposed to be 30-point games in the NFL. No, at that point, there's no question. There's no excuse to get beat that bad. Um, and, I mean – I'm sure we'll probably get to this, but you know, you're going against an offensive coordinator in Kyle Shanahan, who Browns fans remember what the hell of a job he did for them in 2014, and he just looked like he it was a masterclass performance against this defense tonight. Which, while we're talking about the offense, has been inconsistent here and there. Defense has been good. They've been they put together <laughs> two, three good games. They were just absolutely run over by a tonight. fantastic, one of the best offensive coordinators in the league tonight. And, you know, I, I kept thinking watching this game, the, this is a team, this is where the Browns are trying to get. Right, exactly. This is a coach now in his third year. He's got a system in place. The guys know what to expect. They've got just an absolutely tenacious front four like the Browns who can get after a quarterback. 
the Browns have far more talent at the receiver position than the 49ers do, but they've got a stout running game, a terrific defense. This is where the Browns are trying to get, and I think a lot of people thought it was going to happen already. Clearly, it's not there. Yeah, they should read the athletic. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's people we, we, in any sport, and and you guys know this. You've you've we've, you've all we've all covered many sports. Fans want progress to be linear. Like, okay, yes. we've seen it. it. It's we're we're good. And in any other sport, if this if this is a Cavs game early in the season, ah, they lost by thirty. All right, no big deal. You only get sixteen of these. That's right. And this is a this is a big drop off tonight. And my goodness, what a challenge this team has going home next week for the second straight week have facing a team that has more than seven days rest. You know, the 49ers had two weeks to prepare for this game. Seattle has ten days to prepare for this game. And oh by the way, they're four and one or five and one, whatever their record is. Well, I'm gonna say two things. One, if you just heard that a minute ago, uh we were an exit up the highway from San Jose Airport, so that was a jet flying over top. That wasn't Matt Breida running past the Browns. <laughs> um, and Freddie doesn't coach the defense, but I, I caught the end of his press conference, and he said, a lot of bad eyes tonight. Well, no, duh. But, I mean, this this is the Kyle Shanahan offense. This is what you're ready for. They run the ball right at you with three different guys, and then they go from there. They didn't even need to get to their third option tonight. They ran it and embarrassed them in the first half, and then in the second half, the Browns are in the game because of the kicking miscues, and because you you know if you have any semblance of offense, you're always in an NFL game. They go right down, they flex their muscle, and nobody covers George Kittle, maybe the best tight end in the league, and the game's over. <laughs> it's flat out embarrassing. Yeah, that's again. Again, there's uh, this is one that uh, you know, with so much optimism in the opener, and they just got it rammed down their throat that day too, and so much momentum coming off. So last much week. momentum coming off last week, and that's all gone. Um, and, and, and Zach, this is the, the, the. I think the thing that fans need to look at this game, and granted, this team will get better, and we, I think we, you and I have both talked about this that the the, the best years of this team are coming, but. This tells me tonight, as everyone looks at those last eight games and say, oh, we are going to roll, and they probably will win a lot of games, there's another clunker out there well, with this team. They're only going to win a lot of games if they block and tackle. Yeah. And they didn't either tonight. Yeah. They, yeah, it was just and, an all-around. And look, let's not um, completely bury them because this does happen in the NFL. It does. Maybe not 31-3, to right, but it does happen. 49ers could not have been in a more advantageous spot playing a home game, an excited crowd, off a bye, mm-hmm. Brown's second straight road game, all of that. However, things like the eyes on defense, well, what the hell do you think Russell Wilson's going to do? Yep. You yep. know, you got yeah. bad eyes against the Seahawks, you give up 45. Yeah. Right? Um, your back's against the wall. And, and, and that, that's to me. I referenced week one before, but, but week four is the reference point. That's when we saw the offense, right? Nick Chubb drove it. Jarvis Landry directed a lot of it. The quarterback was kept clean. He was 20 of 30. You had the aggression, the creativity, everything. Tonight was too cute. Tonight was Baker happy feet. Tonight was Baker bad eyes. Odell, is. it's nice to have him as a decoy. It's nice to run the trick plays. It's two straight games with two catches. I don't. Did he have a third at the end? I don't think so. That two straight games with two catches for Odell Beckham. Pathetic. They're obviously having, whether they want to admit it or not, they're having trouble getting him the ball. They're definitely having trouble getting the ball in the red zone. Tonight was his first catch in the red zone, first one of the season. And Landry had one coming in, and I don't think he had any tonight. That's it. They're two top playmakers, one catch in the red zone each. That is almost inexplicable five games into the season. I mean, my counterpart, Matt Barrows, uh, 
who I did the podcast with last week, um, who we did the joint preview with, he was like, look, the Niners are better than people think, but there's two big areas. They've got a six-round rookie blocking Miles Garrett, yep. and they've got backup cornerbacks against Odell Beckham. Right, and and Miles makes one great play tonight where the coverage holds up and he just closes like he does. But I mean, is there another notable defensive play? There's one one knockaway by Demarius Randall comes to mind. Garoppolo yeah. was clean; he was direct. I mean, they yeah. uh, laugher is a term that you use, right? If you go too cliche and you're writing, the 49ers laughed at the Browns tonight. They did whatever they wanted. Yep. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, there's. It's, again, it's. It, it 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 is kind of managing. Managing moments, managing momentum, and they just got run over. And the game, again, it was it was over at halftime. There was there was just no way they were coming back. And it's the Scottish Hammer, right? The Scottish Hammer. He yeah, was the player. I was going to say one thing we do here on this podcast is the after game we go position by position grades. We're not going to do that tonight because the Scottish Hammer gets an A, and every single other player in position group gets a big fat F. Just rename the special teams award the the hammer award. <laughs> yeah, when when he's your when, when your punter's your best player, that's all you got to say, right? From and Scotland it, to Canton, I can't re- wait to read that story by Tom Reed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I tell you, it's it's this is going to test this group to me. This is well, you're this, right. This, this this is it right here. This yeah. this week they got to come back and 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 find a way to win a game. Zach, you and I were talking about this out on our our patio last night. You know, this three-game segment. How many? The 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 game tonight, San Francisco, Seattle, and and uh, by the New England and in New England. Do they have to at least win one of those games to say give yourself a shot over the well, last? I'm nine glad games? you brought that up because no. And remember, we sat here at this very time of night after the Jets game, and we said there's probably going to be two and five. Yeah. And yeah. now it's staring you in the face unless you can yeah. circle the wagons against Seattle. Um, the division stinks. Let's just be honest. However, that's a fine discussion, but that to me is for weeks down the road. Right now, even if you erase this one, even if you get on that plane as they're doing this very second and going to hell home and burning the film, right? Like, this is not good enough. The offensive line is not good enough. You got receivers saying they don't know the plays. <laughs> the quarterback can't hit the star receiver. It's not good enough, and you're not going to beat the Buffalo Bills. And to me, you're not going to get to nine wins playing like this. You're not going to get to seven wins playing like this. And I know the schedule sucks. Can can we finally sound the alarms once and for all? This offensive line is horrific. Yes. And again, I I keep saying it, and you keep saying it was the right trade to make. But this Olivier Vernon for Kevin Zeitler thing, I, I haven't seen Olivier Vernon flash all year. What once, twice has he made a good play, a big play? Well, you saw him tonight on the first play of the game when Kyle Uzcheck knocked him to Oakland. <laughs> <laughs> but this is this is the the farther we get from the trade, the worse it's looking. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was a big now. Now, again, last week we're saying that was their best performance, right? By by far their best performance, the offensive line, a lot of clean pockets. But this one is one out of five. Again, this is where you go. Where you start to thinking where this, there's just a lot of inconsistency with this team. And it's a young team and a team that's thrown together and a new quarter uh, coach trying to find his way in here. Boy, I mean, him and Shanahan tonight, the contrast of a guy who's been doing it for years, been a head coach for three years, his quarterback has been in the system for three years. Now, granted, last year he missed most of the year with an injury, but those guys came in here tonight, had a clear plan, executed it, 
these guys got into trouble, panicked, and the game was over. Yeah, I actually thought Freddie was okay on the play calling up until the goal line interception. And that just changed everything. And as we said earlier, you have to be mentally tougher than that. It, yeah, it was a devastating blow, just like the Derrick Henry in week one. But you have to be able to keep playing. You have to be able to fight through it. And this team has not shown an ability to do that yet. Everything you said, Tom, I hear, I'm nodding, I agree with. But one first down in the second half, there's an effort problem. Oh, oh there's there, no. 100%. And, and in the NFL, when it's over, it's over. And yeah. that's why it's completely ridiculous that Odell's out there catching a punt with seven minutes. Oh, and then waving around with one. And, you know, to Tony Grossi's credit, seconds before the fumble, he said he's going to fumble the ball doing that. And no sooner did the words come out of his mouth, ball was on the ground. <laughs> to, to your point, though, Zach, I, I mean, that's, that's a very very fair point. And, you know, when, when, when there is times of crisis and, and adversity, that's when you start to look, okay, what, what is your group made of? Now, again, I don't want to overreact. This is two bad clunkers. Right. But one first down, is that is completely yeah. – Unacceptable. Well, in a way, this is the overreaction podcast, right? The game stung. The Browns aren't to the airport yet, right? They, everybody watched it. It was right. Monday night football. It's it's all fresh, and it's flat-out embarrassing. You lost all the momentum. You know, 20,000 or more Browns fans came out. They were all on my flight barking Saturday morning. And, you know, um, they're going home from here. It is just one, so you take a step back there. Um, because someone asked the other day, I just want to clarify – this is our early week podcast. It is available on Apple and all your favorite platforms. Most weeks we'll have two, and the later in the week podcast is for subscribers only. It is available on the website via the app. If you haven't subscribed, what are you waiting for? Jason, the season is not over. But when we get done here, you're going to go back to writing about the red zone woes. Um, they haven't gotten the right guys the ball. Tonight they had a rhythm for two drives. They got three points out of it. Yep. You know, We talked about the, the crazy bounce and all of that. Um, you know what? You, is there one thing you can point to fix? Is, is there one area that that is, seems more frustrating than the others when it comes to this red zone stuff? I think it comes to Odell and Freddie. Kind of bristled a little bit when I said, "Why are you having so much trouble getting the ball in the red zone?" And he said, "Well, Callaway was wide open." Well, there's a reason why Antonio Callaway is wide open at the goal line, and I understand you're professional. You're on the field. If you're open, you got to make the play. I get that. But every other star receiver in the NFL faces this, the schemes and the coverages that Odell is facing. Yet the Browns have not been able to figure out how to get him the ball. And it was obvious tonight. Like, first of all, they deferred. Or they didn't defer. They took the ball. They won the flip and they take the ball. And they come out the first play as a toss to Odell. And, or the, the, the toss to Odell and then the reverse. And he makes the, the, pit, the pass. And it just seemed evident from play one they wanted to get Odell involved in this game. And it didn't work. And they, they, they got it down to the red zone. They had to toss it to him. To get the ball in his hands, they had to right. turn him into a running back to get the ball into his and hands. All, all that's cute and fine and fancy, but he's got to catch passes. Got to catch passes. And he always has. Right. right. <laughs> when he's healthy, he's always There's has. one in the first quarter. Second drive, don't quote me on that, but I know it's the first quarter because I can see it. We sit high up here tonight, which I enjoy because you get to see a lot of plays develop. It's yeah, a I long, had to duck when the planes went overhead. <laughs> along the Browns' sideline. It's third down, too, I believe. He's open. Baker throws it a little high. It yeah. hits him in the hands. That play has to be Got to make the play. The throw has to be better, but the catch has got to be made. That's why you make the money you make. Two make of those. the play. He had two of those. He had the, the one he had dropped dropped one before that, I think, on the very first drive after he had the, the pass. And then the one you're talking about, yeah, it's a little higher, but you expect a player of that caliber to make that play. Then later, I think it might have been in the third quarter, that it starts to run together. 
they he they throw him the ball down the sidelines and he's out of bounds, mm-hmm. right? He's, he's just uh, you. I don't know where why they they can't seem to find to get him the ball over the middle at all. It's not like and he's afraid to play over the middle. Ever since the Rams game when they just totally, uh, you know, froze, they have moved him around. They've, like I said, in in the window dressing is nice. I thought tonight was too fancy from the start, and just the simple things aren't there. Any level of football, Jason, the trick for the trick plays to work, you have to have a bread and butter play to start with. I've been <laughs> saying that all year long. What is their identity? What is when it's third and six and you got to get a first down? What are you going to? And I don't think they know yet. All right, la- last thing here because we can only say the same shit the same way, right? <laughs> Okay, if if there's a valid excuse that Antonio Callaway is learning a new position, and that goes on the coaches more more than anyone else to me, right? Something has to change with this offense because it's it's just not good enough. You know, three quarters in Baltimore w- was great, but now there's five, five games in. There's a body of work, right? So, is it a personnel change on the offensive line? Is it moving Jarvis back to the slot? I mean, maybe Higgins comes back. This is a mysterious injury. I've seen your questions. I don't have any answers. Two days after it happened, Higgins looked at all of us and said, I'm fine, I'm playing this week, and he hasn't played since. That was more than a month ago. But what what comes to mind for you guys is a likely change or a needed change here in a short week in a, kind of a desperate spot? I, I, I don't think there is an easy fix. I really don't. I mean, the offensive line, who are you going to switch out? What, what better option do you have? Well, you traded two picks for Wyatt Teller. Well, you get one back, <laughs> Wyatt Teller. And he's been MIA since the deal. Yes, he's not played. He got I, in the game tonight, uh, I think. But he didn't play. You know, he hasn't played. Maybe maybe runs. it's what you said. Maybe it's moving Jarvis to the slot. I, 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 don't, I don't think that there is an easy fix. So even, even when you get Higgins back, Tom, I mean, it's not as simple as just throwing him six-yard passes because – Teams are clearly taking Baker's first read away yeah. and reveling in teeing off on him, as Joey Bosa did tonight, or watching him run right and run for his life. There was one that he was running right tonight, and it was like he, he refused to take the yards. He just – it almost looked to me like he was trying to prove a point, like he was waiting and waiting and waiting and no one was there, and then he whisted into the sideline. You know, the other thing I think we right now we could all agree on at this point, their, their offensive MVP through five games is Nick Chubb. Uh, the two games they've won, they've started out with leads and have been able to run the ball throughout the game. Tonight, Nick Chubb was basically done at halftime, was he not? I mean, they were they were going to have to start chucking the ball around. I don't know if this team right now can – they almost have to have a lead or at least be within one score uh, to be – you know, and I, I guess you can say that with a lot of teams, but he when your best player through five games is your running back, you fall behind in games, you got a problem there. Quick story to sum it up. Um, long story short, Tom and I got here on Saturday. Saturday night, we found this really cool sports bar. Um, had some food, watched some Pac-12 football, and I said Sunday morning, "I can't. I'm going here. This this place is nice. I'm going back to watch the NFL." And so at 9:15 Sunday morning, I was there. They seated me, and the place was overflowed. Everybody in different jerseys, and all the games on, and whatever. And up in the one corner from where I was sitting, I had Bengals versus Cardinals. Well, at halftime, they changed the game on me. And I went to the person that changed it and said, I'm watching that. And she said, well, more people want to watch this. And so 
there was not an incident, but there was an explanation of me telling her I'd been there for three hours the night before. I'd been there for three hours a day. I was there first. I was watching that game. It's just one TV. I want to watch the game. Well, I fought for Bengals Cardinals, and both those teams suck. Tonight, I would have conceded. I would have said, <laughs> go ahead and change it. I'm going home anyway. So, rookie sports bar, I want my damn Uber money back. Civilized Barking listeners, we appreciate it. Thanks for reading. Thanks for listening. Any final thoughts, guys? <laughs> Get me home. Call the Uber. <laughs> I drink $39 of Miller Lite. I don't remember anything. <laughs> <laughs> We're going home. The Browns are going home. Uh, and Sunday's real, real, real interesting because tonight they flat out no-showed. For Tom and Jason, I'm Zach. Thanks for listening. Thanks for reading. Another podcast will be there later this week. Woof.